Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. We're trying something new here. I'm going to be recording a podcast interview for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. We're coming up on, I think, 700 episodes. And this is the first time I've ever done this because I'm actually going to record the podcast, but I'm actually going to live stream. So uh, if folks want to see like how the sausage is made, this is how it's made. And uh, Edwin's a good friend of mine. So he was cool with kind of sampling or kind of doing this for the first time. Um, if it works out okay, uh, then we'll we'll uh, maybe do this uh, a few more times out uh, kind of live st- live stream while we're, I'm recording the podcast, kind of get a two for one. So, all right. So all that said, we're going to go into a formal introduction here in just a second. Thank you everybody for uh, on the live stream. Look at that. So we're up to seven already. By the way, you can chat as we get going. Uh, Edwin's a really good guy. He's a former, well, I shouldn't say former Marine, right? We're not allowed yeah. to. <laughs> We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Uh, But hey, any questions about real estate? Edwin's a good guy. Um, And so if if you're a real estate investor, if you want to know about it, um, Edwin's on the development and investing side. Smart, smart guy. And full disclosure, Edwin and I do business together. So just by way of, uh, you know, just to get the disclosures out of the way. All right, here we go. Ready for the Thoughtful Entrepreneur intro and blah, 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 blah. The music will come in and here we go. All right, welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur, my good friend, Edwin Carrion. Edwin, you're a real estate developer, you're an investor, you're a mentor, and you're found on the web at edwincarrion.com, C-A-R-R-I-O-N.com. Edwin, thanks for joining us. You're welcome, you're welcome, and thank you for having me here, Josh. I really appreciate it, and thank you for all those nice, amazing intro, like always. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, Edwin, I should say that, uh, you know, we've actually been doing work together for getting close to a year now. We've we've known one another and uh, we connected long ago because uh, you've done very well in business. Uh, you've um, business wise, um, you've been in gold and precious metals, uh, but most notably, I think, uh, in your work in real estate, you're in South Florida. And your approach, I've interviewed a lot of like fix and flip folks, you know, buy and hold, you know, they like rental properties. Um, But would you kind of, let's start here. And then I want to go back and kind of talk about your uh, experience in the Marines, because you have some really good stories. Uh, (laughs) But but in terms of real estate, what is it specifically that you do? So in, in real estate, I have been doing real estate development since 2002. I started building smaller houses. So I was very fortunate enough not to start with the flip, fix and flips like a lot of people do or the wholesaling. I got started into the real estate development, building, you know, first time home buyer homes. But nowadays it's been 18, over, over 18 years in the business. And I have, to, I think, kind of graduated or maybe going into my master's, I will say. And now what I focus is into building high-end luxury homes. So I build properties that are between three to $5 million, single family houses. And I, I focus also on small multifamily development projects. 
Wow. That sounds like um, big money stuff. <laughs> and and that's not how you got into this, right? I mean, so what was your, no. what was your, how did you get into real estate? Well, like I mentioned, I left the Marine Corps in 2002 and started real estate development. I mean, I had no experience. I had no idea what it was. I, I didn't even know how to build a house. Uh, needless to say anything like that. But, you know, that was my start, leaving the Marine Corps, going into real estate development and buying my first piece of land and building a first-time homebuyer's property. That's the way I got started, building small projects. What was it that you built? Uh, Single-family houses, four-bedroom, two-bathroom, 1,500 square feet uh, on an up-and-coming area. Did did you know builders or home builders or contractors or what, no. how involved were you in it? I, I mean, at the beginning, I was 100% involved. I was no kidding. <laughs> digging on the trenches. Like, I, when I mean digging the trenches, you know, there's people that always use this word of blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, I don't think I bled, but I know I definitely put a lot of sweat into it. You know, I was digging the trenches myself for a water line. I was carrying the blocks from my truck into the land because I ordered, uh, I had a shortage of blocks that I didn't order, you know, uh, mixing concrete because I just didn't order enough concrete or whatever I needed to do. I did it. So it was my first experience hands-on. And then I realized that that's not what I like to do. What I like to do is I like to build, supervise, manage, and make money. So, you know, that's where I got started. But in order for you to do that, I think you really have to know how to do everything in order for you to be a good supervisor, a good manager. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get into that more because, and we're going to talk about kind of the pros and cons of like, you know, buying an old property and rehabbing it versus, you know, you do a lot of stuff, you know, with a blank slate basically. And so we'll talk about kind of the pros and cons of that. Um, But so out of high school, you joined, was it right out of high school, you joined the Marine Corps? Uh, Yes. Uh, Not not right out of high school, right out of high school. You know, I got into some trouble. I was hanging around the road with the wrong crowd. Yeah. So um, I went to college for about a year. Uh-huh. I wanted to be an attorney. And then my recruiter came to me and told me that I needed to go. So I didn't ask any questions. I dropped everything that I was doing. And I went into the Marine Corps. And I had an amazing experience, an amazing time. And, you know, the big sense of pride of saying that I'm a Marine. Yeah. And so now in the Marines, you had a, you had, you had a really interesting job. And would you mind kind of sharing about that? Yes, yes. I was very fortunate enough to be able to do what only the top 10% of the Marines Marines get to do. So there's actually three special duties in the Marine Corps. Number one is making Marines. Number two is recruiting the Marines, bringing people into the Marine Corps. And the last one is guarding the American Embassy. So when you see those cool movies that you're in a foreign country and somebody walks into the American Embassy and the Marines are there guarding the embassies. You know, that was my job. That's what I was doing. So it was an amazing job. And it was only a job that the elite top 10% of the Marines get to do. Yeah. Have you, do you ever watch movies or TV shows and you see a Marine guard and then you go, oh, they don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see like protocol, like in film and yes, movies yeah. and you're like, get out of here. You can't do that. I know. Yes, I've seen some of those. But you know, there, there's really cool, a lot of cool things that you get to do. When you're in there, so you guarded. It was it was the U.S. Embassy in in Moscow. Yes, I was. I guarded the U.S. Embassy in Moscow, Russia. I was able to. I was there for the inauguration of a twenty year old uh, and the most expensive embassy in the world 
It was the most expensive embassy in the world. And it's one of the biggest ones as well. My gosh. So, uh, you know, and, and, and I, I'm not going to ask you, I'm not going to set you up because I know what you, you know, <laughs> I want to ask you this story. Like I can't tell you or I'd have to kill you kind of thing. Marines love to say that, <laughs> but um, in your time in, in, you know, guarding the embassy, um, were there ever any incidents where you're like, whoa, that, that was kind of a serious deal? Uh, there were quite a few incidents. One of the ones that I could share with you was, um, it was like my first week there. I was learning the embassy because we have to know the embassies in and out. Like we have to know, like we are able to walk into a room with your eyes closed and you can say to the left, there's a desk, there's a telephone here, there's a drawer here. There's like, you that's how good you have to know the embassy. Like, with your eyes closed when you walk into a room. So it was my first week there. I was learning the embassy in Moscow. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, we had a, an intruder into the embassy. Somebody jumped the gate. Uh, they bypassed the Russian security. And they got into the ambassador's car. So, you know, my first week there, they called React. that there was going to be a fake training because we do training on a weekly basis. Oh. And it was a real one. So, like, now that I think back, you know, I was standing on the freezing cold for like about two hours without a sweater, just with my uh, my bulletproof vest on, my shotgun, and just waiting there, like doing a security for like two hours in the cold. And I didn't feel anything until now that I think about it. It's like, my God, if I'm outside in New Jersey walking around on the cold for like 10 minutes, I'm freezing. I was there for like two hours and I didn't feel anything. So it's all that adrenaline going through your body, going through you that you don't, you don't, you don't care about those things. That, that adrenaline was keeping you warm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, so you thought that it could, so at, were you thinking, oh my gosh, this could be just a drill? Or we thought at the beginning, because we, we knew there was a drill coming that week. So we thought it was a drill. But then it's like, you know, react, react. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. So I'm like, oh my God. And then normally when, when you do a drill and you get your guns, you really don't load them. On this one, we have to load them and go live. We're like, so I'm like, oh my God, this is cool. You know, like your first week there, you're in, well, I was 20 years old at that time. You're 20 years old, first week, you're ready to get some action. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, now my brain would be saying, okay, they're, they're telling me it's not a drill. It's not a drill. Yeah. That's what they say <laughs> when it actually is a drill. So I, my brain would be kind of thinking that at first, but yeah. that's, uh, that's incredible. So yeah. Um, okay. So uh, out of the Marines, uh, and then um, was what would you do after the Marines? That's it. I left the Marine Corps and became a real estate developer. And I, I shouldn't say you never really leave the Marine Corps. Once a Marine, always a Marine, of course. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, when, when, I, when I went back to, into the civilian world, yes, that's the first thing I did. I came back to Miami, whereas where I, I was raised in Miami, and I started doing real estate development. Wow. So, um, and by the way, I, I should say, uh, so both you and I, I was in the United States Navy, you're in the Marines. So again, Edwin, before we continue again, thank you so much for taking that time of your life and serving your country. And, um, you know, you, you got, you got to see some pretty exciting stuff. Uh, and so I just want to say thank you for that. Okay. Um, now it, what you're, so you get out of the Marine Corps, you're in civilian life and um, this that was the then the property where you're like, okay, I'm going to buy a piece of land. And I'm going to build a house on it. Yes. So when I got out, I bought two pieces of property. I bought two vacant lots, one next to each other. And um, it was a good purchase because the moment that I bought it, I put one for sale. I was fortunate enough to get out of the time that everything just started. Real estate developments, when it started, like 
on its way up, when real estate started going on its way up. Um, so I bought two properties. I was able to flip the first one and double my money. And on the first one, I developed the project. I built a house and then I sold it. So mm. that's how I got started. From that one, I, I bought four properties. And from four, I went to eight and just continued doubling every time on. So, you know, what I like, Edwin, is that you actually have a podcast. And so you can go to, and I'm going to put this on the, 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 your domain name is on the screen here for those who are watching us, but it's edwincarrion.com. And you actually, so you have a podcast and it's called My First Investment Property. Yes. <laughs> I think every, and, and what I love about it is everybody has just crazy stories of stuff that they learn. Like everybody, I feel like it's, you know, it's like, it's a rite of passage, right? Your first, it doesn't matter how much you prepare, you are going to make mistakes. And, um, and that's not a bad thing, right? Can you talk about that, about, you know, about someone who's like in, like they've been in toying with the idea of getting involved in real estate and I don't know, what's, what's the right mindset for that? And especially like, as they're beginning that first transaction or that first property. I mean, you're, you're always going to make mistakes. Uh, and one of the things that I learned with time is that the best thing to do is always to hire a mentor because what mm. the mentor is going to do is going to cut the learning curve. You're still going to make mistakes. You know, even until today in multi-million dollar projects, I make mistakes. But the experience that you gain throughout those years, the mistakes become smaller as you grow and as you continue. Or as you have a mentor, there's going to be le- less mistakes that you make, you know, with time. Um, but I love having the podcast just for the simple fact that, you know, those experiences learned at the beginning, all those experiences that you learn, all those mistakes that you make, you know, those carry you through your whole career, either in real estate development. But that's what sets the tone also for you to continue into the business. So there's a lot of people that when you ask, you know, what kind of man- mindset do you take on this? You know, the mindset has to be a positive. The mindset has to be that, you know what, no matter what mistakes I do, I'm going to stick with this because if you quit because of those mistakes, you're never going to do anything in life. You're always going to no. quit into whatever happens. Every time you make a mistake, you know, you have to continue pushing and you have to learn from those mistakes. The mindset has to be that that you learn from all your mistakes so you don't continue making the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah. Now, so... In terms of like the opportunity and um, I, oh, a couple, I want to put a couple, a couple of plugs in. Number one, um, I love your podcast. Um, so my first investment property. So anyone listening to this show, go find it, go listen to it. And you are, you're actually also actively seeking guests, right? Yeah, and and so who makes a great guest for that show? I, I think to me, the great guest is number one, the person that wanted to get into flipping and, uh, or some type of real estate investment. And, you know, I just want to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good stories, there's people that made good stories. Hey, I bought this property. I fixed it up. I sold it. I made a lot of money. But then they stopped. And we don't know why they stopped. And the other ones, they continue. But also there's the ones, like I mentioned a minute ago, the ones that quit. You know, they they had a bad experience. They stopped. And I want them to share their bad experience. And maybe we'll get on a call and figure out, you know, what is it that they went wrong? And if they figure out why they went wrong, why did they stop you know, into the real estate development. Because as you and I know, the majority of the wealth, the wealth in the United States is created through real estate development. You know, people that have money, they always revert back to real estate development. You know, it's it's always falls back into real estate. Always. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the, uh, again, the podcast you could go search for, it's called my first investment property. Uh, also to be a guest, uh, you can go to edwincarrion.com slash podcast, and you'll see a link right there where you can click and you can apply. Uh, that's awesome. All right. So obviously I want, what I want to talk about is the subject of flipping, uh, you're buying rental properties, uh, versus, uh, what you're a big fan of. And that is, you know, just build your own property. And, and can you kind of take us through the pros and cons of, of that? Yes, of course. Of course. So in at the same, okay, let's talk about right now wholesaling because there's three, three facets into, into real estate, right? There's the wholesalers, there's the flippers, and then there's the developers. So there's three, three phases into real estate. So number one, the wholesalers, those are the guys that are just starting, get, they're just starting to get started into real estate. They don't have a lot of money. They don't want to invest the money that they have. And because they sell them all these courses telling them that, hey, go find a property, get a contract, assign it to somebody else, and make some money on it. You know, that's nice and said and done. But you're limited to the amount of money that you can make because you can only wholesale deals for X amount of money. Once it becomes the, the bigger projects, the bigger deals, it's really hard to wholesale those. So the best thing to do once you acquire those is to do some type of joint ventures, which normally that's what we do. And it's better than wholesaling. So that's wholesaling. When it comes to the flipping, a lot of people think, you know, flipping is a great business. And when you're buying this $300,000, $400,000 houses, you're buying an old house, a house that was built 20, 30 years ago, or let's say it was built within the past 10, 15 years. You're buying it at 30% uh, of a discount. By the time you invest 15% into remodeling, because every time you go into remodeling something, the costs are not fixed and there's a lot of unknowns in there. So the moment that you have an unknown that you weren't counting, that you had to replace the whole underground piping, you know, that goes your whole 30%. But let's say, you know, on average, you're able to fix it for a 15%. So now you have a 15% profit margin that once you pay your realtor and your closing costs and your holding <laughs> costs, yeah. you're down to 5 to 6%. Wow. That's for doing all this work. And then you have to deal with contractors. And a lot of people do not like to do rehabbing. There's a lot of contractors that hate to do rehabbing because, again, number one, they're going to go there and they're going to find a lot of unknowns. The people that are doing the rehabbing they don't know about construction, so they don't want to pay that extra money into fixing that. And you say, you know what? Just patch it up, put some paint on it, patch it up, and make it look pretty. But at the end of the day, you're delivering an old product to a new client that you all you did is you, you improved a little bit of value to it. Versus development, I'm building a project at a wholesale cost. So when you're a builder, when you're a developer... I don't need to buy a property at 30% discount because I'm building it at that 30% discount. But I'm building a brand new, completely up-to-date project at 30% below discount. So when you have a buyer that is looking to buy a property and they look at property X versus property Y, and this one is brand new, you know they want to buy this one because this one is going to cost the same amount as this one. So I have the upper hand on that. Number two, if I get into financial difficulties, it's easier for me to get rid of a property that I have still have a 30% uh, you know, equity in it 
mm. versus a property that I have five to ten percent equity on it. So that's when a lot of people, you know, fall back, especially a lot of flippers, they lose a lot of money on that. Yeah. Now the risk to reward is about the same because at mm. the end of the day, the flipper has to buy that property, you know, let's say it's three hundred thousand dollars, he's gonna buy it at 70% discount. So he's gonna pay, he's gonna have to get a loan for 70% of that $300,000. And then he's gonna have to put into the project another $80,000, $90,000 to rehab. And that money has to either come from his his cash or it has to come from a hard money loan like a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. On the the other side, on the development side, my initial cost is lower than theirs because I'm only paying for the land at the beginning. So I don't have to pay of the whole building worth $300,000. I'm only paying for a percentage of the land. Yeah. And the bank gives me the whole 100% for the construction. as yeah, I you get a construction loan. Yes, for the construction yeah. loan. So my overhead cost is a lot smaller than theirs, but my profit is a lot bigger than theirs. So now, you know, make it all, you know, make it into bigger terms. The reason that I love doing, you know, three to $5 million projects is because my numbers never lie. My numbers are always the same. You yeah. know, I buy a piece of property for like a million dollars. I put another, I, I build a house on it for a million and a half. So I'm two million and a half. And I sell that project between, you know, three and a half to four million dollars or sometimes five million dollars. So I make a million dollars and I have to work on one project. And it only takes me 18 months to do that. So not a bad to gig. make a million dollars in 18 months <laughs> with one project. Not a bad gig. Now we're talking numbers. I think some people listening to us or watching us right now are like, that. that's like cuckoo money, like a, a million dollars in a year, right? Um, now, um, in terms of risk, I mean, there's still the opportunity for risk. And, and where yeah. can a real estate development uh, deal go sideways? Number one, if you're overextended, if you have too many projects at one time, and you're way too overextended. And the reason I say that, because it happened to me. Happened to me in 2007, and I went bankrupt. I had way too many projects. I wanted to grow really fast. Yeah. I was young. I thought I was invincible. <laughs> and, you know, kicked my butt and I ended up in bankrupt. But I learned from that. And it goes back into what we we're saying at the beginning. You have to learn from your experiences. Nowadays, I don't overextend on my projects. Uh, what else can you go bad? You know, that you don't put your numbers right. You know, but that's why you need a mentor, somebody yeah. to teach you the right way. Hey, how do you put the numbers together correctly? How do you budget correctly in order for you not to make mistakes and you're not sh- and you're left, you know, needing money to finish a project? Mm. Yeah. So okay. So another thing too, I so may, I would imagine now. Now you have a mentoring program. Let's talk about that because we we yes. have we have about eight minutes left here. Um, and so in terms of working with you. What are the advantages to partnering and mentoring with you as opposed to, well, I'm just going to go read some books and maybe buy some buy an e-course somewhere, and then I'm going to go be a real estate developer? I mean, wow, the advantages. I always tell people there's a lot of advantages. And I think one of the biggest advantages is that I'll, you'll be working with me on one-on-one. You know, yes, you could go buy a course. And I have done the same thing. You know, I spent $30,000 on, on a commercial real estate course where I didn't have access to the mentor, to the person that was teaching. I didn't have direct access to him. Um, maybe if I saw him on a conference once a year, it was too much. And, and that was it. It was the one-time fee, learned through this book, and that's it. No, you know, the way that I do things is totally different. You know, I limit the amount of people that I mentor on a yearly basis. 
I don't take on as many people. Number two, I only work with people that share my same values. If you and I don't share values, I wouldn't work with them because to me, it's not about the money. It's about leaving a legacy and teaching somebody how to become successful like me. Mm. And the third and the most important thing that I could tell you today that they benefit from working with me is that once we finish the mentor-student relationship, it transitions into a partnership, meaning that I invest my own money into my students' projects, which nobody, and I have checked everywhere, there's no mentor that does this nowadays. And why do I do that? Because if I'm teaching somebody how to be successful, I know they're going to be successful. So I'm, I, you know, so I think it's like, why wouldn't I invest my own money with them if they're going to make money? Of course, I want to make money with them. And a lot of people don't do that because they don't believe in their students. So whenever I teach somebody, I have faith and I believe in them. Um, so um, now when you go to your website, edwincarrion.com, and um, what I want you to do is click on contact. Um, and so uh, you're at the top of the website, I just say click on contact, zip you down the page, and then just punch in your name, your email, your subject, your message. Um, Edwin, you'll grab you'll grab thirty minutes with them, right? Or what? It what what happens when someone does that? Like, what what is your vetting process uh, in terms of uh, agreeing to mentor somebody? Um, well, it starts very simple. The first thing that we do is again, uh, go to my website. You know, learn about me. See if I'm the right fit for you. Because at the end of the day, it has to be the right fit for both of us. You have you have to make sure that I am the mentor that you want, and I have to make sure that you're the mentee that I want. So once you decide that, go down to the contact page and put in your information and tell me, Edwin, I want you to mentor me. From there on, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a pre-qualification questionnaire. I'm going to ask you questions. You know, what do you believe? What have you read? You know, things that I want to know about you. Mm. Once I have that questionnaire back, and I want to know if you do take your time on answering that questionnaire the right way. There's so many people that write to me, hey, Edwin, I want you to mentor me. The moment that I send them the questionnaire, they never write back. And those are the people that I don't want well, to work with because those, that, those the are the ones that cannot take the time yeah. to fill a simple form out. So yeah. why would I it's, want to work with them? Isn't that funny? Well, you failed the first test, so yes. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. So going from there, you know, once I get the form back, um, I'll send them a, a, a link in order for us to have a conversation and we'll take it from there. So it's, yeah. a, it's a process. It's a tedious process. It's not that, you know, pay me and I mentor, you know, it doesn't work that way. Like I said at the beginning, to me, it's not about the money. You know, I don't need the money. I don't need to mentor people. I do it because this is my calling to leave a legacy behind. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and I can tell Edwin, just based on the words you use right there and and like, you're good on money. Like you're, you, you, you've got all you need Um, at this point, you know, when you've been doing something as long as you have been, there is that desire to, uh, to to leave that legacy right to that 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 yes. need for generativity. What am I doing to 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 help you know and bless other people in their lives? And you know, can I you know take my effort and and multiply that by ten or twenty, and now have ten to twenty Edwins out there all doing great stuff? Um, and I would imagine. I mean, I, I guess I just don't know all of the things that go into it. But when you work with someone, you're mentoring them in real estate development. Like, what are the hard skills that they're learning? Well, they're learning everything from finance to reading plans, to putting a project together, to finding the right project. Yep. Is it your little one just, hey. 
<laughs> hey, um, one one last question. Um, in terms of timing, is this a good time to to be in development? Oh, it's always a great time. It's always a great time to be in development. Yeah, I, and I can tell you that um, maybe you might not be developing downtown, right? You want to pay attention to, you know, where the opportunities are, man. I could tell you that like, I just talking with someone, she's a, and I know, are you on a hard stop right now? No, no. Okay, good, good, good. Um, Yeah. So, um, you know, I was talking to someone and she was outside of Boise and she said, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe like we cannot keep up with the demand for real estate right now. And so all the Californians, they're leaving California, going up to Idaho um, and, you know, paying cash for houses. Um, that might be someplace you want to develop. <laughs> Look at the trends and where people are moving to. And guess what? If people are moving there, there's demand for it. Uh, that might be an opportunity for you to have a build a house right there uh, so that someone will who wants to buy it will buy it. And again, that profit margin, uh, you know, in a high demand location could probably be pretty good. Yes. Yeah. So that's all of the stuff I would imagine you'll go through like, uh, you know, just because I live in East Orlando doesn't mean that's where I should develop. Exactly. I mean, you just got to look. There's, there's always a need for housing, and I, and I truly believe if you build it, if you build the right product, if you add value to anything that you do in life, there will be somebody that wants it. Mm. Man, there's a lot more that I'd love to ask you. All right, so go to edwincarrion.com, click on where it says contact up above, and then it'll zip you down the page. Put in this is the first test. <laughs> to see if you would be a good uh, mentee. Uh, you have to fill in your name, your emails, and and send me- Edwin a message, say, hey, Edwin, I'm interested in being uh, being a student. Edwin, you'll send them a, uh, a form uh, that they can fill out. And if they fill it out correctly, they pass, they've passed test number two, uh, and then they can go from there. Edwin, you're a good friend of mine. We've been working together for about a year. Uh, I'm excited for my first uh, million-dollar uh, profit from... <laughs> from developing uh, a a nice property. So uh, again, Edwin Carrion, thank you so much for joining us. This has been fantastic. Uh, You're welcome. Thank you for having me again, Josh. Nice talking to you. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? 
tomorrow. That's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.